0: to the impeccable perspective podcast where we help you discover gospel clarity and openness in a new way by letting go of the culture and finding your truth while having some fun doing it now here are your hosts joe peck and Luann Roundy. Welcome back to the final, yes I said final, episode in our series on Boundaries. We have reached the end of this exciting series, and uh, congratulations for making it all the way through. I'd say you win a prize, but... uh we don't have any prizes to give. You no. Know, you just get to keep listening to the podcast, the prize I guess.
1: Is all of this amazing knowledge and it wisdom is. that you have gained.
0: Oh. Impress your friends with the boundaries you're able to set now.
1: <laughs> your friends may not like you so much at first, but that's okay.
0: That's okay. You'll be happier. Uh, Because you have a new skill, you know how to set boundaries properly, healthy, exciting boundaries that will make you happy and satisfied in your life, which is all good. So we are saving the best for last, as is customary. Uh, This episode, we are going to be talking about boundaries and you, your own personal boundaries. they just
1: all just turned it off. Yeah, we're We're going to the next (laughs) episode. Me? I don't want to listen to that. Let's talk about
0: somebody else. (laughs) I don't want to talk about boundaries with myself. It's not easy, let me be honest. You know, what's interesting about... Boundaries like that is, uh, it's easier to set boundaries with other people than it is to set boundaries with yourself. And it's
1: easier to set other people's boundaries also. This is yes. what you're going to do and how you're going to act and, oh, but I don't want to look at them myself. And...
0: No, because you become more accountable and responsible. You know, you set a boundary with another person and it's their responsibility to adhere to that boundary. But when you set a boundary with yourself, all of a sudden the responsibility comes onto you. hmm and we don't like responsibility, right? As humans, we typically don't need any more responsibility. But fear not. We have the solutions and the ways that we can, we can do that. Um, so there are, I think the, the issue with boundaries with ourselves, uh, when we don't set boundaries for ourselves, is it manifests in a lot of ways in our behavior. And we want to kind of, I think, start with that, right? The, the type of behavior, the out-of-control behavior and habits that people develop when they don't have honest boundaries with themselves.
1: And it's an understanding of where, and we're going to delve into this as we get into this, where did this... Come from typically, it's from our childhood. I realize most people think, Oh, in psychotherapy, everything's always based on your childhood. Well, it does go back to your childhood because where do we learn our boundaries from? We learn them from our parents, and then we develop them as adults. But the ones that are unhealthy typically it's a reaction to something that's unhealthy, and it's finding the root of that to understand why I have difficulty with that boundary and then and when we can uproot and pull that out that boundary becomes very easy
0: right and as we uh, talked about in the last episode on boundaries with our kids and uh, we emphasized how important it is as parents to establish those boundaries right from the beginning with your kids or else it's going to be more and more difficult to set boundaries the older that they get if you haven't set boundaries or if you have set improper boundaries and it's setting your kids up to be horrible adults as well if they don't well, have boundaries. They're just going to struggle as they're adults. Struggle.
1: They're going to struggle and it's going to be difficult for them to find joy and happiness and peace. It's more the peace. Peace within their lives because that wasn't something that was taught to them and they gained an understanding of. And it's it, and now as adults we can. And that's that's the beauty of Change is that even though we didn't learn as a, ki- as a kid, I now learn it as an adult, and it might be a little more difficult than having that practice mm-hmm. or that behavior set whenever I'm a child.
0: But also, if you're an adult with no boundaries, you, you know, you struggle with what you said with peace and things like that, but you're also, um, you know, a horrible person in, in the sense that you don't respect other people's boundaries and you don't care about other people. You become very, very selfish. You have developed destructive kinds of behaviors where it's all you're all just about yourself and that's where you become a terrible person and uh, and that's what you want to avoid so there is a lot of responsibility to uh you know to start all of this with your kids when they're young and I know it sounds very Freudian but it's true like it it is all starts with their childhood
1: right and Freud was smart in many ways Um, He was weird in some ways, but he, he did have a lot of great insights into childhood and how important that is. And let's remember too, boundaries are, I have boundaries and I allow other people to have boundaries. Other people's boundaries are not my responsibility. My boundaries are my responsibility. And it is understanding where I end and where they begin is what creates that healthiness within our community, within our family, within our church, and not trying to take others responsibilities and not trying to give mine to others, not hurting or allowing them to hurt me.
0: We do have a responsibility to essentially obey other people's boundaries or to honor other people's boundaries. That is correct. That is a responsibility that we have, but it's not, their boundaries are not our responsibility to set, to set. Right.
1: But many times we try to manipulate their boundaries into what we want. Really?
0: I've never experienced that before. Well, you
1: might have here and there. Well, maybe once. Dating maybe pushes that (laughs) in a a way here and there. We talked about the fatal attraction uh,
0: situation I was in not long ago. (laughs) Many times
1: husbands will try to set a boundary of a... and money is a big one in what I work with. Here is our plan for money, you know, here's our budget and the wife wants doesn't want that. She wants to spend what she wants. I don't want a, a dollar amount set for me to spend every month cuz some months I might want to spend more or spend less. And and it's difficult for her to honor because you know, maybe he's the one that makes the money or is the one that is in charge of the money, but it's working together and what's going to work for us. And then both of them honoring that and him giving a little, her giving a little and finding a common ground because that really is for both of them to do.
0: It is as a partnership, but that's, I think, lends itself to mindset as well and communication. that's very important, you know, to understand that a relationship is A partnership it's an equal partnership and both people get a a vote even though one person may make the money right and one person may stay home with the kids doesn't mean that you have no influence on how the money is spent or anything like that if you know if someone's going to control the money it's a very bad situation but as as a partner like you have a responsibility to work together to create all this a budget and, and adhere to it for the good of your partnership. Uh-huh. When you start getting into like, oh, I want to spend this, I want to spend this, become very selfish, and that's destructive to a relationship.
1: Right, and that's setting boundaries with myself, which is exactly why we're at. Why would I want to spend? Ultimately, what's going to set the boundary the amount of money you make and not spending beyond what you earn and me being able to honor that, to be able to honor saving for retirement, putting away for a three-month um, emergency, emergency fund, fund, exactly. Having a supply of food to be able to have all of the necessities for things that if something were to go wrong, I would have this backup, which is a boundary. Again, we're back to that. And and then within that, I now have this wiggle room and a boundary of how am I going to give to others and what's that going to look like? And, and husbands and wives are going to disagree many times, but it's just coming to a place of Agreement within that, and then being willing to wiggle here and there if if needed, and things will change within that. So,
0: well, right, there's a lot of destructive behavior with money problems. We yes. might as well just start with that one. Uh, everything from impulse spending to, as we talked about, careless budgeting, living beyond your means, having credit problems. Uh, you know, borrowing money from. People from friends, always asking people for money because you're always short or you don't, you don't know how to manage things, no savings plans um, or even working more to pay the bills. I did that a lot. Uh, we had money problems when I was married and, and you know uh, early on especially and I just took on the responsibility and made more money if I had to and worked more and that wasn't necessarily healthy, but you have to do what you have to do but if um <clears throat> you know it, you, you not being a, a coming together as a partnership. In terms of money, especially, is going to create a lot more problems in the relationship because if you're not willing to make the sacrifices, and if you're if you're you know overspending and impulse spending, you don't care, and uh, you know, and you're causing debt. And all these things—it sends a very strong message to your spouse that I'm not an equal partner. Like I don't care about our—I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I don't care about yeah.
1: you and our financial security because—and let's go back to that root again. The root of that impulse spending is based on a lack of boundaries. That I'm filling something with what I'm buying because ultimately we don't need the things that we're impulse spending on. It's not a necessity.
0: No, it's not at all. And uh, you know it. Um, I don't know, it just starts to really create more, I mean, again, with money, right, when we're on that topic, it's, it's, it's creating financial issues that you're not considering when you're in this mode. So for example, if you're in impulse spending and not paying attention to your budget, you are probably racking up debt one way or another somehow, or you're spending money that's meant for your mortgage payment, and then that's not being paid. So one way or another, the bigger picture is, major financial crises and lots of pain financially. And notice and,
1: how peace has just left. We're back again to right. pitching. And, and we focused, I told Joe, part of my focus today is let's pitch our tent towards God and towards the temple and not towards the world. What does the world teach us about money?
0: Instant gratification. Spend. Right. Just spend it. Just go get whatever you want. You can buy everything on terms. You can buy everything on credit. You can pay for a later. Look how easy it is to get a credit card as a teenager now. Mm-hmm. Like teenagers can get credit cards with no job and no credit score or nothing, right? It's, it's teaching all of these, these bad habits, but it's, it's just all about really what the message is, is spend what you have to, do whatever it takes to find the money that you need to spend because what's most important is that you get what you want now.
1: That's the world. That's the world's And what message. is God's message? God's <laughs> message of money is money is a blessing. Money is something that blesses us and can bless the lives of others. The Alchemist is one of my favorite books. I try and read it every year, and it it's a parable of sorts. But it talks about this boy who's on this journey, and he thinks a lot of it is about money to find happiness. And in the end, he finds out that he can create money, which we can too. It's this message of you can create money within your own life through faith and through working with God and to bless your life and to bless the lives of others. And that is exactly what money is for. Money itself is not important. I can't do anything with a dollar bill, wave it around, show it to my kids. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> my kids are funny i asked them, what do you want for easter this year oh i hope the easter bunny brings us money inside the eggs because they're they're getting to this point of understanding that it's a secondary reinforcer i can spend it for something and they like choosing what to spend for which is good that they have that ability to choose and have those boundaries but it's cute they they see it as something of worth because of that choice. well it is and
0: i mean money is necessary obviously we all need money to to provide the necessities of life. No one can go through without any kind of money. And it's interesting to me how this world was set up. It's set up in the sense that all of us have to have money. One way or another, we have to have money to buy food, shelter, clothing, everything we need. When it comes down to it, you ultimately need money from somewhere. And for most people, we have to work in order to make money. And I think... The, uh, the principle that forcing us to, you know, if if life was set up where we didn't need money at all and didn't have to work, it'd be a very different life. It'd be a very different outcome through, you know, our eternal progression and in the bigger picture of things. But it's, I find it interesting that we're forced to have money, which means we have to work to create it, which means that we're learning all of these very uh, righteous strong godlike qualities of, of work and responsibility. Money teaches us responsibility mm-hmm. as well.
1: And let's go to God's ultimate work is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. That's also our goal. And he gave us this this earth, which is a boundary of time. There's a beginning and an end to be able to work in. And we're going to talk about that boundary of time, but he gave us that boundary of time and also this ethic that if, because we have a limited amount of time, there needs to be some urgency in doing things because if we had infin- in- infinity, which we don't understand, why would there be an urgency to get up and get ready and do my work? Because I could do it whenever there's no beginning of the day and end of the day. We need that structure. We need that boundary to learn the ethic of work because after this, our work is still going to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man, just like God's. That's our focus of ourselves and other people. And, and money is part of that, that if you look at money, that's helping to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man through what? Through things using money to bless the lives of others, to build temples, because that's a necessity, to have church buildings, to be able to worship, to be able to have those covenants and promises and things that we need that attach us and bind us to those covenants.
0: Well, likewise, uh, you know, we have a responsibility. So money will give us freedom, for one thing. Uh, big time, and uh, you know, setting up ourselves financially for the future for retirement, or just having, uh, you know, a, a good financial house and having everything in order. So, not having debt or only having necessary debt, living within your means, saving money for retirement or saving money uh, for emergencies, being able to invest in your children and their education and their lives, and and not having. You know the the stress, and we all know, right? The stress that comes from money problems is, for me, it's some of the worst. Like I, I've often said to myself, because that was that's been my trial for most of my adult life is is financial problems and, and stress, and not because I'm I'm horrible at uh, money management or, or things like that, but they're just trials and challenges that you face through life, and mine always seem to be financial one way or another. Whether it was through uh, expenses or, or through job loss or different kinds of things, I like could just never, I've always felt like I could just never get ahead. And I've been blessed later at this point in my life uh, where that's not really a, an issue anymore, which I'm extremely grateful for. But I can tell you from my own experience that the worst uh, feeling, and talk about having no peace in your life, but the worst feeling is just having money problems and the stress that comes with all of that. And it's, I think the number one reason people get divorced is over money, right? Yeah. All of these things. It's a terrible situation to be in. And so we have the opportunity, if we can set proper boundaries with ourselves, with money, that we can have a peace and an enjoyment in our lives. thats It's hard to come by in, in any other way because money creates such... a a discord in our lives if it's out of control it's
1: impossible to have peace and we become a servant and a slave to that debt and we're always connected to it and we always have to work to pay that as opposed to living in freedom and peace i can't go to work and really focus on work when i'm worried about where my mortgage payment or how i'm going to feed my family
0: No, i've been there it's it's a horrible feeling you're distracted constantly you're you're stressed constantly and it you know you, you take it out in your relationship right it's because you just fight about stuff all the time it's like oh so-and-so needs money for school well we're out of money right now right. and this bill is due tomorrow and that bill is due tomorrow and the
1: blame starts well, yeah. if you would only do this because you're grasping at straws why did you
0: spend more at the grocery store or whatever right who knows right whatever it is or why do you go and buy that or anything it just and this constant petty bickering chips away at your marriage and chips away at your relationship and Makes everybody miserable and unhappy, and your kids pick up on that. They sense that energy in the home. And
1: let's talk about that. Kids, then, so we're talking about boundaries with ourselves. If we don't teach our children to be good financial managers, they're not going to take that into their lives, and they're really based in fear. And it comes oftentimes within uh, cultures where big families, very little resources, and they live in scarcity, where there is food, sufficient food, but it is very limited, and they grow up in this. Of scarcity, where then, whenever they become adults, they take their money and they hoard it away. They they're afraid to spend it. They live under their capabilities or under their what? privilege. Privilege—that's what it is. Under their privilege because they're so afraid to do something that their parents taught them is bad, or they saw their parents example and they never want that to happen to them. And it's not based again, out of faith in God that if I co-create my, my life with God and I have faith that he will bless me and I live in abundance. What's interesting is I give abundantly. I'm always blessed abundantly that the Lord, if I have my heart centered on him and my, again, my tent facing God and the temple and, and, like Abraham, where Lot faced his towards the world. Abraham faced his towards... Towards the temple. Which represents and, God is, right. in general. And, and it's interesting in Abraham and Lot had the lands to divide because they realized they couldn't they needed to set a boundary. They couldn't work together. Abraham, who really was the elder and the one that was more in control, let Lot choose first. Lot chose the more abundant land, and Abraham took the one that wasn't as well. It's a desert, so water is very important, as lush or verdant and wasn't capable of crops or as many herds, but Abraham sacrificed on the altar and prayed and put his tent towards the the temple. And he was richly blessed telling us if we co-create with God, no matter what we start with, we will always have abundance. Lot who faced his towards the world. We know what happened with Lot. You know, he had his daughters and his wife and Sodom and Gomorrah, and then they left, and they, you know, she turned back and turned to a pillar of salt because things were so faced faced on the world and what the world thought and and their acceptance of them.
0: I'd like to see that today, just what it looks like to see somebody turn into a pillar. Pillar of salt, salt. I, yeah, that'd be really interesting. It would be. <laughs> it's like something out of a Marvel movie, though, to me. Honestly, like that's, like you know came and oh yeah right and this made things happen and all, all the rings sudden, and then people yeah froze yeah, and then, froze it, and it and then they, they disintegrate
1: I think that's what it looked like is is one of those movies oh, when all yeah. the people disintegrated that's and half the population vaporize. was gone these that vaporize. I often think of that whenever I, I read that but yeah. it gives us this story of if we always have faith in God we will have abundant blessings and that that's what boundaries are for. Am I going to turn and have my boundaries in accordance with what God wants? Or am I going to have my boundaries set on the world? Money, again, is for God to bless us and to bless the lives of others. And if I have my boundaries set that way, I will always be abundantly blessed.
0: Money is a means to an end. It's not. We all know we can't take it with us, right? It, it's only for this earth. Right. It only has relevance and value on this earth. Actual money doesn't have any value in the eternities. It's they'll probably I don't know if we'll have a currency or what'll happen in the eternities, but money as we know it today is only valid for this life and so we have to understand that it's a means to an end. It's not what's most important and it, you know it doesn't measure your personal value in the eyes of God or anyone else whether you have more or less of it. Uh, and I think it's just that mindset again, right? It's all about perspective here and being able to to really understand the purpose of it, and uh, and again, like you would said, this is so profound, I think we sometimes lose sight of the fact that God can make anything happen. I mean, I've seen miracles in my life financially and otherwise that are like, wow, no question that this was God, because there was no way that this would have happened if I hadn't partnered with God and had the faith that I have. And it's fascinating to me to see that. But he can make anything happen. He can give us anything because everything we have on this earth is it his. It comes from his. It comes right. from him and, and it's his to give us. Right? And the
1: boundary with him is we need to ask. He yes. can't just say, oh, I'm going to dump all these blessings. We need to ask we need to have faith and be willing, meek, humble, and submissive. And that's those are the boundaries that he has set that he is in. And so it's asking for help with our finances and with being, our crops and our fields and our flocks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have crops and fields these days. I, don't, <laughs> I know someone who does, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's all uh, you know just sort of a metaphor, of course, uh, for our lives. And so um, we uh, we have to also know that it's our responsibility to take that first step and to meet God, like do as much as we can on our own for whatever we're trying to accomplish, and then he'll make up the difference. But what an amazing... Uh, what an amazing concept to understand that God will literally step in and make up the difference. Everyone tries to do everything on their own in life and they're missing out on this great resource that we have where God is like, Hey, just ask me. And, and money's a
1: great test.
0: Money's a great and, test. And it's a faith. It is in many, many ways like that. And, and so, um, yeah, just you know, it's a matter of changing your your perspective and, and understanding uh, the, the purpose of it. And you know, if you are out of control <laughs> with your money, uh, we'll, we'll talk towards the end of the episode about ways to get boundaries in control with yourself, but start, you know, I guess you really starts with humbling yourself and, and understanding that, hey, I, I, really rec- I have to recognize my behavior and change it. We'll, we'll talk about that right. as we go here. Uh, other out-of-control habits um, that people may be doing but not be aware that this is a, a boundary, boundary issue, uh, things with uh, eating, for example right? Is I think a big people
1: one. are pretty aware of that. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is one of those times that you kind of have that boundary cross where you go, Ooh, uh, maybe that wasn't such a healthy idea to eat <laughs> all of that.
0: All of that I feel horrible now. Yes. Uh, well, we can, we can take one time a year to, to do that, I suppose. Uh, but I think the, the thing that was interesting when I was research, researching this is, uh, you know this, this is a very shameful kind of behavior for one thing well, but it's an internal it's an internal self boundary problem
1: it, okay. the reason it's shameful is and I work with this again and we we're gonna, and let's just go talk about addictions at the same time there are many addictions out there but food is really the only one that shows up um whenever i have a client that is grotesquely obese and they sit on my couch and they say i don't have a problem with food it's very apparent but they could have a, a addiction to sexual, a sexual addiction, a pornography addiction, a drug addiction. I couldn't necessarily tell that because it doesn't show, no. and that's where there's so much shame in our society about food is that it's it's one that is blaringly apparent. But food, again, God gave us for our health and our well-being to be able to fuel our bodies and to remind us that he's given us everything and being having to eat throughout the day is a constant reminder that God has given this to me that's why we pray over our food is because it's giving thanks and remembering him that he has given this and and that's the bread of life and the the water of life and that's the savior and it's this reminder and it's keeping that within the bounds that the Lord has set, which is to eat it in a healthy, effective way. Like the word of wisdom is a guideline for food, eating within the bounds that is healthy for my body, which is different for each person to to of live within. Of course it
0: is. It is. Yeah. And it's interesting to see that, you know, the principle of agency exists, as we know, in in every aspect of life where you know, there's opposition in all things. And, you know, we have healthy food and we have very unhealthy food. That's just as, in fact, it's even more readily available because it's already made for you. <laughs> you can just go and buy and go through the drive-thru. No, you can just have somebody deliver it to your house now who oh, reads, okay. right? Yeah. It's a, and we're
1: back into the time thing of, oh, I don't have the time for that. Thing and And it's instant gratification. I don't even
0: have to do anything and I get what I want. Well,
1: and if you look at how prevalent food preparation of people who prepare food or fast food is, it is everywhere. And I would say that's probably the,
0: Oh, it's ubiquitous. It's, and uh, it's growing the, the fastest to, to the point where it becomes the easy option, the path of least resistance Where people. It happens all the time. Do you ever go get groceries? And then the next day or even that night, you order pizza for the kid or for, for dinner, because mm-hmm. maybe you've just, been at the grocery store too long or what have you. But I think people have forgotten about the the, the benefits of meal preparation and the time you can spend and, dare I say, uh, from a dating point of view, how romantic it can be. To prepare dinner with, uh, I'm, with someone. I'm super
1: impressed. We have just woven dating into boundaries with myself. It has nothing to do with <laughs> no. with, with this. Well, no,
0: I know it doesn't. <laughs> but I mean, talking about food and, and preparing and things <laughs> like that. I mean, that's a that's a great boundary to set for yourself. Is like I am not going to eat out all the time, or I'm not going to go to dinner, and uh, I'm not going to allow that to be my go-to. I'm not going to be allow that. I, I'm not going to allow that to let me become lazy about food. Instead, I'm going to you know, cook uh, several nights a week and, and make a plan for that. I'm going to grocery shop accordingly and buy healthy food and make great meals. But at the same time, that's a great, like, that's a fantastic date idea. It's a very romantic date idea is cooking dinner dinner together right. and enjoying all of that. And in fact, if you're smart, you'll pick a meal that takes a little bit longer to prepare because then you have more time together Man. where you can just Listen sort to of, this. oh, i you what.
1: The subtleties of your plans and how you've got yeah. this mapped out into... I,
0: I I may know people who have some great ideas. Uh, you know, I may know women who have great ideas and on, on what works with dating and uh, have uh, shared a tip or two with me. It's uh, it's all about the execution, <laughs> that's for sure. But anyway, uh, not a dating episode. No, but but it. that's
1: where food also ties into time, and many people don't see that they, they don't have healthy boundaries with their time to be able to shop and prepare meals. And I agree with you; that's one of the biggest healthy eating things that I work with clients on is if you want to eat healthy, there must be a dedication of time to yourself, to the practice of of meal prepping, so that it is that whenever you have when you are hungry and have a craving or have some you can go and take something out that is healthy for you as opposed to prepared stuff that you it's the inner shelves of the store versus that little section of the healthy stuff outside of the store exactly I
0: know well I'm guilty of that too I mean you know life is is busy and uh, you know I I work from home and so I you know set my own schedule and I'm right here. Like I can just walk into the kitchen and prepare a meal. But when you look at, and I find myself justifying this in my mind, it's like, oh, you know, I have to prep for the podcast tonight and I have work all day and I have to go to the gym and I've got my business I want to work on and all these things. You know what? I don't really have time. I think I'm just going to grab something quick tonight and Mm -hmm. I'll cook tomorrow night like I do that like I have a conversation in my head head. all the time the justifications of that I'm I'm in a perfect situation if anyone could prepare meals Mm -hmm. it's me because like I'm here all day long I can take time whatever I want to go and prepare and go back and do some work and come back and do some things and and make meals, great, delicious meals right here. I mean, I don't have to go anywhere to do anything. I don't have to take the time. It's not an extra effort to do it. And you still, and this is the justification of our society and the kind of life and the world that we live in now where everything is just like, Make it, it has to happen now. Have somebody else do it for you. And just, you know, there's too much going on. You can't stop and actually take time for this because you have other priorities that are more important, which is not true. There's very few priorities that are more important than fueling our bodies.
1: And it's understanding why I have that unhealthy relationship with food and why I don't have that boundary. And that we'll get into at the end. So, yeah, right, let's, keep, let's keep so, talking about time, though. Yeah. We all have the same amount of time, and it's unhealthy boundaries within time of omnipotence that I have an unrealistic, somewhat. Uh, like grandiose expectation that there's limitless time, and I don't realize that I'm not I don't make it a priority to really be grounded in in that place right
0: or I take on a false understanding that I can accomplish more and give them a period of time then I really can.
1: And this is a big problem with list people. They have a yes. list of 25 things, and That's then the if dues. I don't get all of it done, they believe that the guilt of not doing it is going to propel them into this place of being able to do all of those things, when in all actuality, all of those things on the list really aren't that important. Sure, they need to be done, but it's okay if you get some done today and you get some done tomorrow. And and I think with time and boundaries, a good question is that good, better, best what is the best use of my time? And it may not be doing things that we find ourselves spending the majority of our time on because we've been taught as a child not how to have healthy boundaries to bring that best into our life and to squander it on. The, maybe it's good, but it's not the best.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, I I, I think, uh, so we, we talked about boundaries. God gives us boundaries to help us to learn things about preparing and planning and that's a big fail with somebody who has time or has boundaries self-boundary problems with time is that they they don't plan and they just sort of are always going by the seat of their pants thinking they can do too much leaving everything to the last minute focusing on everything that's right in the moment and not being able to plan and all of a sudden it's like oh I have to go do this now I don't have time for that and at the end of the day you feel like you didn't accomplish anything mm-hmm. and you're also you also feel like you're starting tomorrow behind the eight ball already. And behind. that's the negative anxi- oh, yeah. and that's, anxiety and that produces a lot of anxiety. It's terrible. Right.
1: And that's the, the, they minimize that distress and then the anxiety builds and they create the own their own anxiety in their life through the lack of boundaries with time.
0: And, and I don't think people always necessarily realize the effect of their lack of personal boundaries on other people. If you're right. constantly late to meetings, you're impacting other people, whatever it is, work or appointments or whatever you have to do, you're not respecting someone else's time and that's disrespectful. That is an insult to to people. It's showing I don't really care enough about you to actually be on time. And you may not. That might not be your attitude. Bec- the reason you're late is because you you know you didn't plan. You tried to do too many things. You said, "Oh, I got time to sneak this in. I'm going to go run this errand before I have to go to my appointment because I have ten minutes." And then there's traffic, or you get held up at that errand, and they, something kind of an interruption that you didn't expect, which made you late. But the problem is your attitude is, "Hey." I'm gonna try and get everything done as I can. I'm constantly on this hamster wheel trying to get as much done as I can because I'm so far behind on everything because I don't know how to manage my time.
1: Right, and, and it's often a feeling of the only thing to propel me into that is this lack of time management and lack of a boundary. So I just continue that practice because it's the only way that I'm able to accomplish anything.
0: It's not a good place to be. It's stressful. It is, and it's... again,
1: we're back to peace. Is this the thing that brings us peace in our lives? Am I facing my tent towards the temple or towards God, where it's this prepare every needful thing? You know that you have your house in order, a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of God, and that there things are prepared. There is a place for everything. It's peaceful and calm. Well, it's
0: time management skills as well, and and determining you know what is again good, good, better, best. Right? It's prioritizing right. what. Um, is most important for me to accomplish tomorrow, and then plan your day the night before, and say, here's my whole list." And so, there's a very interesting um, metaphor, I suppose, uh, about rocks and sand, uh, which we people I, I think I've seen, but it's very important. It's, it's talked about in time management, where you know, uh, rocks. You're trying to. You've got rocks and pebbles and sand, and you have to fit all of it into a jar.
1: Or yeah, a bucket or, or right, whatever it is, whatever into a it is. container.
0: And whatever you put in first is what you deem to be your top priority. And so the the big rocks are your top priorities. When you put those in the jar, that's kind of fills the jar up, but there's lots of space all around it, right? And then you put in the pebbles next, and they fill in some cracks, and that kind of fills up pretty much everything in the jar. But then the sand can go in, and it just seeps in and, and covers every little crevice and every little tiny part of it, right? So so the point is... You if fit you, it all in. You fit it all in right. versus if you fill half the jar up with sand... And sand are the frivolous tasks we do that we don't need Emails, to do. They're, they're, they're right. Whatever it is. The online stuff is not shopping. Important. Things that aren't important. Yeah, Running errands that you don't necessarily have to run that particular day or time. You mean like
1: hanging out at Target? That might be one of them? Ah,
0: that's a that's Oof. a waste of time, in my my opinion. <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't tell any of the women out there that. Uh, well,
0: I know. No kidding. It's like a few like feathers mecca. just got ruffled. It's like a mecca for a lot of women. Target is, uh, it's, uh, yeah, you don't, it's verboten to speak ill <laughs> about Target. <laughs>
1: lightning might strike you. Mm, I know.
0: <laughs> Listen, ladies, I am a, I'm a go in, grab what you need and walk he's, out. He's a man. Well, I, yeah, I am. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. like, I don't, I, it's, I just like one of the <laughs> most frustrating times when I was married, I was like, you know, going shopping with my ex and in a clothing store and just, you've got to look at everything. You've got to hold half the stuff up against you. You've got to it's try the and a possibilities. possibilities, all of this. And I'm just like, we came to get a sweater or a pair of jeans, buy the jeans and let's go. And so I just so bored and frustrated with that. So I don't know. I, I'm just not on board with the whole shopping target experience. Uh, like, uh, you know, and nothing personal. And uh, sorry if, if that offends anyone, but uh, it's not my jam. But again, it's, it's looking at Amazon. that. So
1: here's a good question. Oh, Amazon quick. is my jam. That's just like, oh, I do boom. love Amazon. Oh my okay. gosh. Yeah, talk love about it.
0: fabulous it is it's it's makes shopping a breeze and everything I love getting stuff you know the next day or whatever stuff' showing up on the door and it's just easy and and convenient and, I and he keeps hoping and amazon
1: will deliver a girlfriend but it hasn't happened yet
0: they <laughs> need to set up a little uh, and they need to set up a category, uh, a dating category, <laughs> Amazon dating. <laughs> that's what they... Well, they've got music food. This could and be your next business. Food. Oh, maybe that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you can set up a, like a, a, an Uber Eats uh, for dating. For dating. <laughs> instead. <laughs> Actually, speaking of that, I have had a clever idea for that. It's not for dating. It's for cologne and perfume. Ah. Right? So you can go to the app. You can order uh, whatever cologne or perfume that you want, and it'll be delivered to your home. I call it Dior Dash. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh boy, that was probably the corniest
0: joke we have ever so told on the podcast. Are you kidding me? That's clever as hell. That was okay, a good one. Here's a good question, okay. putting Joe
1: on the spot. What's best in your life right now that's the big rock to put first?
0: For me, um, the big rock is uh, getting my financial house in order, I think. I mean, uh, I... I I have an opportunity to do that finally, and so that's what's happening with me. So that's that's a big thing, um, and uh, you know, new uh, new work, uh, new job kind of thing. That's that's a big thing, and then my own personal goals that I've decided to work on. I'm kind of, uh, you know, probably kind of just pulling back from social life right now, and uh, not really uh, pursuing uh, a lot of that, and just sort of letting, you know, whatever the universe wants to bring kind of thing, but I've decided to just sort of focus on some personal goals, and uh, just do things that I've always wanted to do that I've been putting off, and, and justifying that I don't have time for them, or that they're not as high of a priority as other things in my life, and it's, just, it's time for me just to do some some fun stuff that I want to do as well, so that's kind of what I'm doing, but I'm very excited about getting, you know, finances in order, and uh, the, rest of the rest of the debt paid off, and just being in a position to be able to uh, to save and hit my own financial goals very exciting but Mm -hmm. also is a big focus
1: and interestingly enough maybe this is not first in your brain is to me best also a serving god and that's taking time to do the podcast and true it's true true. Eh. we don't really think about that yeah, um, it's because right. it's something that it's just kind of flows with us, and we do it take does. time to research and but read. But oh, yeah, pray and I spend and, a lot of time be, doing and really this. be for me. It's really spiritual prep, like prayer too, along with the mm-hmm. logical reading and 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 spending time to serve God. But also for me, it's serving God through um, the connection to my husband and to my kids. That's always best. Is that time spent with them and trying to create mm-hmm. things where we have time. That is quality time spent together, not rushed time of, mm-hmm. hey, let's, we don't have time to really spend together in as a family.
0: No, that's true. I, that's, that's, I don't want to say that's not a it because, of course, it is. For me, I'm just in a different situation, right, where my kids are in another state and uh, I uh, am single. And so I don't get to spend time with them every single day. But it is a priority to spend time with them to take a trip and go see them on a regular basis, which I do and to be a part of their lives and to uh, participate in whatever they're participating in, in their lives. And, uh, there are some exciting, uh, you know, events in my family coming up, uh, over the next, uh, throughout this year. And I'm uh, very excited to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Some of the, I think we maybe take some of these priorities for granted. Like I do prioritize God. Like I, you know, I, am very good about uh, daily prayer and, uh, and, you know, I spend a lot of time prepping for the podcast. Uh, it is a very spiritual thing. We do receive revelation and inspiration mm-hmm. when, no, we're, really pr- when we're preparing, like and when we're when we're actually uh, on air, right? Kind of thing doing this podcast. We have great ideas that come to us that we know are put into our mind and brought to our attention as we're talking, and that comes from God. So it is a spiritual experience yeah. that way, and it's it's a beautiful thing, and that should always be a priority for sure. Maybe I, I'm taking that for granted, but I think.
1: But many times again, it's not awareness. We're not aware of that, and. Maybe honing in and really saying, Yeah, that really is one of the best things in my life is how I serve God and putting more focus and, and energy and time into that.
0: Well it is because you have tremendous blessings that come to your life and uh and, and that is and I you know, I, I do stay active in my faith. I mean I think there's always room for improvement for everybody, but yep. I don't I don't let that bother me at all. I'm not somebody who gets bent out of shape if I you know, don't do something regularly, or if if I'm not, you know, serving as much as someone thinks I should serve, or whatever the case uh, is, you, you just, do what you can. You've
1: moved into that culture shaming thing. Oh and again, yeah, no, I, they want and that would be dictating that I need to do these certain things and devote my time in a certain way. That is not for the culture to dictate. That's for not. you to determine. You and God. It is. You know, where would you have me spend my time today? And it's listening to that and sometimes it's not something you really think is what's important no but
0: it's also about being happy too and i mean i know a lot of members of our church who are stressed because they're stretched thin because they can't say no and they don't set personal boundaries to say you know what i have enough on my plate right now i can't go serve at this time i can't take on another calling i can't uh, help with this or help with that at this time i'll be in a different position another time but they they get stressed over all of that and that's not what god wanted i don't think and that's not healthy happy living either I mean, if you grow to resent your church because you can't say no or there's then, a cultural expectation that you back should be again doing all to this
1: setting the boundary or am I resentful setting the boundary or am I resentful and, yes. that, and with my time that's one of the biggest things that we have that's a precious commodity that we don't mm-hmm. necessarily see as that it's you're, just something that passes
0: it is you're going to either be happy with the choices you make or you're going to resent the choices that other people other people make for you yeah And that's where the culture comes in because essentially that's what they're doing is they make choices for you and tell you this is where you have to be and this is what you have to do. If you love God or if you're a good member of the church, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And there's a lot of shame and guilt associated with that to make people conform. And sadly, most people do because there's such a guilt to this whole thing is like, well, you know, if they're asking me to do this, this is must be what God wants me to do. And I don't want to disappoint God. I don't want to, you know, uh, just not be obedient. For example, I don't want to restrict blessings in my life because I'm not willing to do this or that. And they're missing the point of of all of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, you may be asked just as a test, right. To see if you're willing to set a boundary. This is how we learn. Uh, how to And I believe in that also. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And along that is comes completing tasks. And I believe that tasks Sometimes we may start out on a task and and God may say, you know what, there's more important things to do. And it's listening to that. But I do need to complete them. And that's a boundary of how it's a boundary to either complete it in a timely manner or even be able to say, you know what, I started this task and it really isn't in alignment with my boundaries and what God would want me to do and, and letting it go. And that happens with businesses or it happens Mm -hmm. with people who start certain goals and then they go, "Mm, I think maybe that was more me focused on the world and what the world wants me to do as opposed to God focused and what he would want
0: me to do. Right. And that's sort of like we talked about good, better, best. Sometimes, you know, a church activity or a church calling or something like that isn't the best priority for you at that particular moment of that particular day, right? And so you can't you have to be able to to understand those things and figure out which tasks are my big rocks, right? Which which are the ones I have to actually accomplish today. Now there are other reasons though, uh, because we don't set boundaries with ourselves. There are other more and these are more temporal reasons, but very much relevant because this is uh how this is behavior that people have, reasons why we don't complete tasks. And we're all guilty of this um, I've, I've started tons of stuff that I've never finished. Oh, right? yeah, me it, too. All of us have. I think women
1: always have their little uh, craft closet that they haven't oh complete. Oh, yeah.
0: Scrapbooks and all that kind of yep, stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, it's, there's a lot, and, and there's different reasons. It doesn't make you a bad person, but I think the point is is to look inwardly and say, you know what, yeah, that, that particular reason is the reason I don't do this. So, for example, one of them is resistance to structure, um, which means that uh, you feel that submitting to the discipline of a plan is you know a put-down or maybe it's not something you want to do or you don't want people to judge you for it or, or whatever the, the case is. Um, a lot of times, the fear of success. In fact, this is the biggest one, I uh, think. That would be mine, success. the fear of
1: failure. So success yeah. goes failure hand-in-hand. Hand. Right. Mine isn't so much the fear of success, it's the fear of failure, <clears throat> and that means that I'm not smart or good enough or and it's a lot of shame around that and so if i don't ever complete the task then i guess what i'll never fail
0: you'll never fail that's right Ah. again that's a that's another misunderstanding of what failure really is and again it's it's the same fear people have about sinning because they think it's failure and they think that they're going to disappoint god and think they're going to make the savior have to suffer because i just made a sin so you got to go pay for that you don't understand the big concept of it and people if you just understood failure that would change your whole perspective on all of that because failure is the way you succeed that 's the only path to success nice. is through failure sounds ironic, but it is, and there 's no shame in failing in fact that 's how you learn that's the only, so failure you know in learning it 's akin to sinning mm-hmm. or making mistakes, missing the mark. We always learn when we sin, we always learn when we fail, and so it 's just resetting that, uh, that that whole mindset. Can change everything for you like that. Um, lack of follow-through—that's a big one, right? Uh, people, you know, get very excited about the idea of starting something of a project but it's the everyday but then once, yeah once they, like they work grind. once you actually have to do the grind have to do the work people are afraid of that or they just get bored with that it's like ah it's too much work I don't really so want to do so my favorite this. is when
1: I go to floor and decor and people are there buying their own tile
0: oh yeah oh. And, I, and I just want how walk, long and, does that sit in their house exactly and just then, then I know up. people
1: that just it piles up and it sits there and yeah and then well, they they saved money or did they <laughs> the, and then they end up hiring someone to do it right. and it's 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 hard. The actual get down and dirty and work is the difficult part. And it's making that commitment at the beginning and following through all the way till the end of the project, which mm-hmm. is, that's a, it, it, it endure to the end. DIYers that's a, that's the are learning.
0: exempt from this one, but for the rest of us, it's like, yeah, that's a real deal. And I think, you know, a personal boundary is knowing what you can do and what you can't mm-hmm. do. And you, you think about, oh, I don't want to spend extra money paying someone to do it. I'll just figure it out on my own. But you don't counter in the time and the learning curve. And how much more
1: time it will take you compared to, to what you could earn and, at and your job. I mean, do you
0: want to cut your teeth on your own house, like tiling your own floor, like learning how to do it? on your own house and making a mess and screwing it up and Mm -hmm. you know who wants to do that and and then you have to think about what is my time worth what's my own personal value if if it takes me 25 hours to watch youtube videos just to understand how to tile what you know what is my hourly rate as a human being and there's the boundary that's set within it of can I I hire
1: someone or if I can't guess what I keep the tile that I have
0: well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think you kind of need to have, be, have an honest conversation about uh, that with yourself and say, listen, you know what? If I want to get this done, I just need to really hire somebody because otherwise it's not going to get done. I know myself. Like I'm, or it's not <laughs> worth it to me. It's worth spending twice as much than the tile to have somebody else do it properly the first time and get it done in a week then than it, it is, is to, for me to, to try and bang my head against the wall and be frustrated for three months trying it to learn like this It sounds like Joe stuff.
1: might have tried to tile a floor at one time. I, uh,
0: no, I that's I know my like that, uh, electrician stuff, right? Any, anything electrical, I know that I am not going to. Yeah do that. I know that I can't. I will burn my house down if I try to wire anything. That's not a joke either. No, it's not. That happens. We know (laughs) that happens in real life too. But I know my limits with that. I really try to, to be honest with myself about that kind of stuff. And I say, listen, do I want to do this? Or how much easier is it just to spend... You know the money to have someone else do it because you can take that while that person is doing it, you can take the time to work to work on what you do best. Think and about what you do really well; that makes you money,
1: and that's God gifts, yeah. God given gifts, and my talents. and And then we're back to the parable of the talents and taking those things and being able to use them in a way that's effect. It's being effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, distractibility is another one. Often I get distracted whenever I really don't want to do it, and I will go off the shiny
0: that. object syndrome. Right? Oh
1: yeah, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> or A D D one of the two. Yeah,
0: that's true. It's a lack of concentration skills also, right? Right. And that's something you can work on, but it's I think you have to realize, hey, you know, when when it's happening and, and you I think if you're gonna take on a project, make yourself like, make a promise to yourself at the beginning of the project, I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going to focus and concentrate on this, and I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to tell my kids not to right. bother me except for emergencies for the next two hours, whatever the case is. That's These are all boundaries, right, that you set for yourself in order to be successful. It's just understanding that um, inability to delay gratification, well, that's me. That is... That's it's, me.
1: Yeah, it's difficult. I, I and that's have, why I don't complete a task is because I just don't want to have it take that long. I'm the same way, like as I know. Big we projects. want to go right to the pleasure,
0: right? Yeah. But see, I I'm, I'm a victim here because I grew up in the eighties. That was the me generation. Well, like, we that both was did. all about instant gratification. <laughs> I'm wired that way. <laughs> what can I say? So that's a tough one to learn, but you have to just really um work through this. And we, we talked about the the blessings of delay gratification. And it's a principle of God. It is. He he gave us that to help us to learn and become better versions of ourselves. Um, and then the other thing here is an inability to say no to other pressures. And this is, I think, multitasking and overextending ourselves and our commitments, right. which we do. So yeah, if, uh, if any of that is you, and I think we've pretty much described most people on the planet, uh, with all of those. most people has have at least one of those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The next one is words. I'll take this one. Cause this yeah. one is my pet thing in therapy. People will say something. I'll repeat back exactly what they said. And they say, I didn't say that. And I promise you, I repeat back the exact same that thing that they wow. said. She made me feel mad. And I'll say, really? How did your wife make you feel mad? Well, she didn't make me. Well, you just said that. No, I didn't. It's so interesting. People are not aware of their words. You and then to pow- record
0: it and play it back for them. Power,
1: that power words have. Words are really what's going on inside of us. And many times we're not mindfully aware of them. And we will use words to escape things and be able to not be, to be mindless in it. How we use language deeply affects the quality of our relationships. Communication is number one in relationships with anyone, with boundaries, with your kids, or in attaching. Again, the the connection that we have Words, though, are less of what we communicate. The majority of it is are nonverbal, but oftentimes the words will follow what's really going on. So words will come up and they will do things like hide from intimacy by non-stop. top People will talk nonstop when they really don't want to talk about something. And that's how I can tell in therapy that they're hiding something because they'll just tell me yeah. a... 50 minute story and at minute 50 we have 50 minutes in the session they'll say and I'm suicidal today I'm like whoa how did you know that would have been a good thing to say (laughs) at minute number five after we said hey how are you doing how's your week I'm really suicidal so we can work on that but they don't want to talk about it because they lack that boundary same
0: thing with intimacy totally people will just talk and get nervous and, and all these things with it and
1: because I'm uncomfortable um, yeah. in being intimate with you, um, gossip is something that is words that are hurtful. That is a boundary to have. Sarcastic remarks are emotional. Gossip abuse. is a bad one in
0: our church. I'll be honest. That's and I, I know it is in other churches because I've, I've spoken in to other people. Any community, it's in a difficult one. It is. It's a big, big problem with that, uh, but it's it it's it's a lack of verbal boundaries.
1: Right. Um, sed, seduction and manipulation is another one with words that people will try to sell something with words or to manipulate the situation as opposed to, let's go back to that pure knowledge and bringing truth into it. Words often will we'll go off of what the truth is. Finding what truth is and using that to express and being open and vulnerable is where words have their power. But it's now being aware of the words that I'm saying and how it affects others and what it really means about me and listening to them is the power in that boundary of, of words and what, what they say.
0: Well, that was Satan too, right? In terms of uh, being able to seduce and manipulate mm-hmm. through words. He was very flattering and charming and uh well-spoken and intellectual and he was able to manipulate he did he manipulated right well a, a third part of heavenly father's children to follow they actually believe that his plan made more sense right. than that
1: and if you think about words like printed words are very powerful to the scriptures for us to be able to read them over and over and the power that's behind them because when you read there are no inflections there's no non-verbal it's what you take from those words that is so, and that's the thing. People again will say, "Well, I didn't hurt them by saying that. You did because those
0: words were hurtful." Let me talk from personal experience about that for a second. Texting an argument uh, or texting a long conversation never is healthy. a horrible idea. And believe me, and it's 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 bad because there's no subtext, there's no inflection, there's no, there's no, emotion, no tone, there's, there's no, no facial emotion. expression. You don't know. I, I've had this repeatedly with someone where something was texted and I took it completely out of context I thought that she was angry with me and upset and then we talked later and it's like no I didn't mean that at all like I was just stating something but I but the problem is you take it out of context and then you respond accordingly and then things just and I've had this happen you get into an argument when that was never the intention or was never even anything to argue about with that so like talk on the phone if you have to have any kind of important conversation or any length of conversation right
1: and that's a boundary. It's a please boundary. It is. Yeah. T- please do not but text me. It always goes wrong. Whenever it, this is something, right. if there's something important, please right. call me or or talk to me face to face. It is,
0: and it's a good lesson that I learned, and it, it's very important. A hard lesson sometimes for people yeah, to learn. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, they're, they're right. There were some fights and or arguments that really shouldn't have happened, and uh, you know, you don't ever want to be in an argument in case you hurt someone's feelings, especially someone you love. But I mean, you know, or my favorite.
1: Texting, what? one is whenever you do talk to text and you don't realize what word you put oh, in my there. Gosh. That's and the then... <laughs> funniest
0: thing, though. That's best because, yeah, it's kind of shocking when a swear word comes over instead when you meant something completely different yes. on that, right? So, just I think a takeaway with verbals here, uh, and then you can move on to sexuality, but we are always responsible for what we say, whether we have boundaries or not right always we're still responsible always so keep that in mind unless
1: you're under the influence of some drug like people who have gotten their wisdom teeth pulled out and the things they say are so
0: (laughs) (laughs) see that's a that's a that's a gateway excuse because you can say well i was under the influence of cocaine so what i said or did doesn't matter either i
1: give people that little buy-in of like (laughs) you didn't believe what they said yeah give them a little bit of a a leeway on that one all right let's uh, sexuality we're kind of running out of time and we talked about boundaries of sexuality kind of in virtue in that episode needless to say there are always sexual boundaries and we know what they are and it's keeping within the bounds that the lord has set with those and and that's well, let's, they're, they're,
0: whatever it is for you i mean everyone's got their everyone's, own social boundaries but I mean, again
1: the lord has set them and now you take those and use the holy ghost and use the spirit to define what those right. are for you and but that's every, a lot of them
0: not everyone agrees that the Lord has set the same boundaries for everybody, like because of different faiths or whatever it is. Like that—that sure. that kind of thing—is what I mean. But whatever it means for you, I mean, I—I I, I think we all know, in a sense, that God has set boundaries for everybody because we know it's not right to commit a sexual assault against someone. For example, Correct. it doesn't matter where you're from or what you believe. We all know that that's a boundary. So yes, there are certain things. Then there's nuances, like when our faith, where people take make a covenant to not have sex before marriage, that might not be a boundary for other people because they just don't believe that that's right and it, so it's all based on thing. your belief system y- exactly for yeah, any so of these boundaries yeah. again that's well it, it is of course yeah and we're not saying here here are the right boundaries that God wants for you and you have to change your boundaries by what we say that is not the message here at all so just I don't want anyone to think that that's anything close to what we're what we're doing here in any way yeah uh, very cool. okay so why don't we maybe um, I want to wrap up with sort of how we can help people establish boundaries with themselves giving them a solution. Is that because people may be saying, yes, I struggle with this, and yes, I struggle um, with that. I think we
1: all struggle with boundaries with ourselves in we do. in one way or another, and everyone's different in that. Exactly. Right? So I think
0: the first thing you want to ask yourself is what are the symptoms, mm-hmm. right? Um, look look at yourself, look at your behavior, and look within yourself and be, I mean, you really need to be honest. That's the key to all of this is being honest, and it's ugly to look at, <laughs> right, the real truth. But you don't have to it's do it in front of, of anyone. It's
1: kind of like, well, men don't have this as much as women swimsuit season whenever you have to go into the changing room and there's a swimsuit it's the ugly truth of oh wow
0: wow I have some work was, to do
1: in the winter all of that was covered up by a few layers but now all of a sudden the truth <laughs> well, is, is here
0: one piecer here we go <laughs> yeah no, it, it is, I know it is can I wear a wetsuit all year <laughs> you yes, uh, need to invent bathing suits with uh, like Spanx are made out of Spanx they or are like didn't you know they have those I don't follow oh, yeah, women's, you don't, women's yeah. swimwear fashion as closely as you think I would
1: but, but again it's the truth and that's why we don't don't like to look at it and it's it's right. being vulnerable and literally naked in front of a mirror of like this really is me and committing to say and asking the Lord or asking others and that's one of them in here mm-hmm. what can I do better what do you see as things that I need to work on and have them lovingly someone you trust tell you the things that they see and take those as you know criticism that's constructive and it's loving done in a loving way
0: it's also looking and saying, what can't I say no to in my life? Like, what do I have a problem saying no to, right? Mm -hmm. Identifying where the boundary is lacking. And then you want to start to analyze what are the root causes of this problem. And it could be several things. And again, not all of these are your problem or not your fault, right? So for example, if there was a lack of boundary training in your life, if you grew up not being taught proper boundaries and not how to set limits, then you're going to struggle with that. But now you know what the root cause is. We're right? back
1: to that root. Okay, yes. my life, I was taught to push against Then Maybe I had parents that told me, this is what the government says to do. We're going to live the opposite. Here's right. what the schools tell us to do. We're going to do the opposite. And it's learning and saying, okay, there's the root of what I was taught, uprooting that and coming to an openness of what is really what I want.
0: This is more rare, luckily, but it's still a big issue in society, uh, you know, when, when destructive behavior is rewarded, and that's typically in abusive or alcoholic homes and mm-hmm. families, if you're growing up in that environment, God forbid, but that may be uh, the root cause of your inability to set boundaries for yourself is that you were, you know, grew up in a place where boundaries were completely turned on their ear, right? Well, it's all that, backwards. that
1: the way love was understood is through harming and hurt. And that's the way that I witnessed love in my home. And that's what I understand. And that's where the lack of boundaries come from. And I say, oh, and that's not what I want again. Oh, no, it's awareness, mindful awareness. And now I'm going to work on coming from a place of healthiness that love is not done out of an out-of-control behavior, but instead done out of a place of peace and respect and kindness and
0: trust. The root cause could be um, something that's referred to as a a distorted need, meaning that A desire, a good desire, is distorted into something bad or harmful or or not good for you in any way. So, as an example, sex, which is a good desire, generally we talked about, can get really
1: distorted. It gets distorted by the world.
0: Right, it, it does. It gets distorted into pornography addiction or sex addiction or just a misunderstanding of what sex really is and what, you know, your, your partner's role, again, more like women's role in, in sex. I mean, this is, it's distorted by a man, and I think a woman needs to act a certain way and all these false things like that. That could be the root. And that, that's not just about sex. That could be any kind of good desire that gets distorted mm-hmm. into its ugly opposite, too. So be aware of that. Is that kind of an issue with that? Uh, also, fear of relationship is a big one, too. And this is, when we are talking about the eating thing, this is something I learned, that people will... Overeat and abuse food to make themselves less attractive, so that they don't have to face a relationship. Because they, mm-hmm. it's easier to do that than it is to set boundaries in a relationship. Because any relationship requires boundaries. Maybe there's a fear of that, but a fear of relationship might be the root cause of why you have this destructive behavior and why you're not setting boundaries with yourself. Very interesting stuff, but um, that's that's what it is. It's uh, it's that could very well be the case. Um, what else here? We've got. Uh,
1: Unmet emotional hunger,
0: yeah, right, and that
1: can lead to the overeating. I have this gaping hole, is what I call it, right. and I want to fill it with something. What am I going to fill it with? I have this unmet need, and many times I don't know how to set boundaries because I'm filling it in an un- with an unhealthy boundary, like eating too much or sexual pleasures or spending too much money. We just went over all of those, and and I'm not realizing, oh, that's why I can't set that boundary because I have this unmet. Hunger that I want to satiate and I have just done it for so long that it's become very com- commonplace to me.
0: Absolutely. And another one is, this is mine, right? A strict upbringing, uh, right? You're specifically not being allowed to make decisions for yourself. And that was a large part of, of growing up. Uh, and now luckily for me, I did not take on destructive behavior maybe I don't know how I wonder sometimes I, I, but I, I guess I always knew better, I suppose, but that, that could be very much the case. I I know, I know people for sure, and they grow up in very crazy, strict, puritanical types of homes Mm -hmm. and they go off the deep end. Because again, if
1: I can't make decisions for myself, I'm going to rebel because that's the only way that I can make those
0: decisions. Exactly. And then the last one for root cause analysis here is uh, covering an emotional hurt, uh, you know, can be as bad as abuse or just any kind of emotional industry. Uh, excuse me, uh, emotional injury. Uh, people will use destructive behavior just to cover it up, basically, right?
1: Well, I'm hurt. I have a shield. That shield is that behavior, and and so that's like a child. If you have hurt me many times, I will now lash out and have a tantrum. Or say I hate you, or do something that's destructive, destroy something, because I really don't want you to see that I'm hurt, so I'd rather you focus on the hole in the wall that I've just smashed with my fist, as opposed to that you really hurt me, and that... I don't want to talk that's so common. present. It is. Yes. And it's, it's us as parents saying, Oh, what's the, it's why I tell parents look for what's underneath the behavior underneath the behavior. There's a hurt or a fear that they really don't want to talk about and address. And that's why they're lashing out. They're doing the best that they can. And that's, there's something, and it's the same with us. When we're lashing out, there's a hurt or a fear. What's really going on inside of me. And where's and that's a boundary. Again, there's typically a boundary that's been crossed. Many times, whenever I'm hurt, I don't want to set that boundary with the other person out of fear that I'm going to lose them. And it's again, is it based in fear? Is it based in love? And, and is it based in God's laws where I may lose that person? And that's a healthy boundary for me to find peace and be able to continue in my life in a healthy way. It may be lonely at first. I may lose someone and but and yet that's what's going to bring me back to my heavenly father as opposed to staying with that and continue to be abused or continue to have that hurt present day after day to where I really lose myself in that space.
0: We can see the wisdom in what we talked about earlier about uh teaching your kids to ask questions, te- teaching your kids to be uh, upfront about their emotions and talk about their emotions right because when they don't when they feel like they can't express their emotions then the destructive behavior comes out yes. to cover it, like like you were just saying so again very very important right, for parents to be encouraging their kids to uh, help them to set boundaries, but really get in touch with their emotions and encourage them to talk about them. And because then they can develop a habit of coming out with their emotions and saying, listen, I feel really upset right now. And this is why. And let's talk about that. you know, Or they can go punch your wall, right? That kind of a thing. So, all right. So you've identified your your destructive behavior. You have uh, figured out the root cause of everything. How do you fix it? So we've got a few little pointers here on how to, to actually do that. Um, the first being addressing your real need, uh, as you just talked about, right? The destructive behavior is usually a need for something else.
1: Mm-hmm. Owning or, it. Or I need to own it. my yes. behavior own it. and then look at what is my real need. And it's, so let's even take food. I'm, I'm craving something, but I'm really not hungry. It's good to ask yourself, what do I really need? Like I'm looking for something to fill that, but Maybe I just need to talk to someone and connect with someone.
0: Maybe you just need water. Like, honestly, people that's are thirsty one. and that gets disguised as hunger. But you really just have to drink water because that's what your body really wants. But it is it's getting through to that real honest need, your primary need there, not what the surface level need is that's covering it up. Uh, allowing yourself to fail. This is a problem for a lot of people, right? It is. But this is how we learn. And the good Let's news, go back to
1: dating. Oh, that's my gosh. A, that's a, I, I know. A that's box, like, because I? in the majority of you, when you go out and date, it's, you're not going to end up married. It will not be a failure. It will be a learning experience. Let's rephrase it into that. But it, people will say, I failed. I, I dated this person. It didn't end up in a they marriage. They broke up with me. Right. And they, and they broke up with me. It's a failure. No, it's not. It's a learning experience. But that boundary of, oh, I'm not going to fail. So if I never fail, it's, you know, me again. I, of, I'm not going to create this project because if I fail at it, then people will see that and then they'll see I'm a failure so I just won't start it but it's the same with dating I'm not going to go out and date and get hurt and especially when someone has just been broken up with they have this this unhealthy boundary of I got hurt so significantly because relationships do hurt when people break up and they hurt deeper than anything else and I'm just never going to date and they set this unrealistic boundary with themselves and others and then they they withdraw just like what you well, did they,
0: yeah they do and they're never happy and, i mean you know it's it's this is sort of a, a, a irony and quite the dichotomy right but you get hurt dating and your heart is hurt and broken and you put walls up all around your heart because you don't want to ever feel that again but at the same time, those walls are preventing you from ever finding love. Again. Or ever feeling again. Or ever feeling again. Which you've
1: just, you have just brought that boundary of those walls that you have put up that's unhealthy to protect yourself. And you've just prevented anything from ever coming through. So you have just right. been, and the so only maybe, person who can put that boundary up or down and is you.
0: Right. And so put up a fence around your heart instead of a wall, right? Mm-hmm. As we talked about in earlier episodes, uh, fences allow the good in, allow the bad out, but it's still interactive, right? You can still come and go through fences. You can see through them. You can talk through them, but they are as a protection as well. At the same time, they provide that safety. Or you
1: can just leave a fence down around your heart and say, I know I'm going to be hurt again, and it's okay to hurt. It's That's okay true. to it is. feel... You have to
0: do that because you can't deprive yourself from love the rest of your life for out of fear There's of being hurt.
1: the key. Because I'm deprived from love, what is that going to bring to me?
0: An eternity? Of loneliness and, and disappointment? Right. I think. Right. And, and, and dis- sadness.
1: disconnected. Yeah, completely. Lonely. And in an eternal standpoint, that is not our goal. And we're back again. What's God want for us? To be together, to have that connection. And even with offense and me feeling like I need to protect myself— it's it's not going to necessarily be in my best interest, but instead just be open and willing and, and searching and
0: asking. Absolutely. This is going to be a tough step for a lot of people, but it's necessary listening to empathetic feedback from others or maybe constructive feedback the from constructive other people. There's the constructive feedback, yep. That is because, I mean, when we're... Hurting, or when we fail, uh, the last thing we want to do is show anybody like we are ashamed. We don't want people to know we failed, or that we're hurting, or that we you know we had uh, we, we had something like a relationship not work out in our lives. We don't want to tell people that. We want to just go off and solve the problem on our own. But we have to let people see those failures. They can give us a perspective that we can't see, and that's the beauty of it, right? They have that third party perspective. They have their own. Uh, Thoughts and ideas on things that they can tell you. Hey, have you thought about looking at it from this point of view? Have you thought about doing this instead? All these things. So it it is um, it's difficult. It it it's a lot of humility for us to go and do that. But it's a very very necessary step uh, in in order to move on and be able to set those boundaries. And uh, you know you just have to be really honest with yourself. And it's vulnerable. I'm not going to lie. Like it's it's being very vulnerable, Mm -hmm. and that's tough for everybody. But, I mean, if I can be vulnerable on a podcast, you guys can do that, too, <laughs> in your own <laughs> lives, right? Uh, also, next step, welcoming consequences as a teacher. And again, that goes to the discipline versus the, uh, um, what did we use? Punishment. Punishment, yes. It is, right? That's the thing. You have to look at consequences as a good thing because they teach us, they help us to learn. And this is interesting, but consequences, I uh, like this that, we, that I came across on the, in our research, right? God's training school that to me was a cool kind of way to summarize all of this because that's what it is. Like we are here to learn. Mm-hmm. We're not here to be shamed. We're not here to try and not make mis- make mistakes because we're perfect. We're here to make mistakes and learn and consequences are not a bad thing they teach us failure is not a bad thing it teaches us everything we need to learn
1: teaches us to set boundaries and again we're back to where we start at the beginning of this journey of the boundaries that we learn to set here the boundaries we take with us in the eternities which determine really where where we end up in you know celestial terrestrial celestial kingdom because all of those are just boundaries and where we fit and how we've chosen to live our lives. And it's, it's asking yourself, you know, what is it that my boundaries are bringing? Is it bringing me things that are healthy? Or is it bringing me things that maybe I'm not very peaceful and I'm not very fulfilled? And, and how can I take a look at all of these different areas and venues and parts of my life that I have boundaries in and be more healthy on a daily basis through trying, asking, learning in that.
0: Absolutely. And the last step is actually, I think, easier for a lot of people, because we all need it. And it's not a surprise surrounding yourself with people who are loving and supportive. And I think that is a go to for people when they are hurting. You know, how many women go to their mom or their sister or whoever or their dad or whatever the case is, right? Whenever they're hurting, they go to their loved ones, whoever it is, your husband, your your kids, uh, whatever the case is, I think that is more of a natural thing when we're really hurt. We need to do that. We crave to have that support from people. But it's a very, very valid thing. Don't try and tough this out on your own. Don't think, oh, if I go to my family, I'm dumping my problems on them. No, they want to support you more than you know. They love you. And you need that support network to get you through all of this. This is a big change, right? You're, You're actually changing who you are by setting internal boundaries. That's changing who you are as a person. And that's not easy. And you need all the support that you can get.
1: And support in asking them, what do you think about this boundary? How do you see me doing with this? Am I healthy with this? Am I unhealthy? And they are an outside view of what's happening inside, which oftentimes we lose perspective on that. And that's where those healthy people are so... Wonderful and helping, including reading the scriptures, you know, reading conference talks. What are the boundaries that they have set? Because those won't lead you astray in being able to take that outside perspective, and that the Lord loves us to give us those things.
0: It's true. God never ever intended us to get through this life on our own. Ever. We've got tremendous resources. We've got tremendous family and people in our lives who love us and want to support us, and uh, we've got a loving God who is there. We have a Savior who is there every step of the way with us whether we realize it or not and you don't ever have to feel alone you don't ever have to feel like you have to solve your problems on your own or you have to change things about you on your own you don't you have at the very least you have the Savior and you have God even if you don't have anybody in your life right now and honestly that's that's all you need if, if that's all you could get that's, that's pretty good and so you, you know just understand that and be willing to ask and turn to God and turn to your family and get that support that you need To help you through this and you can set those boundaries for yourself and uh, you can make those changes change if it's destructive behavior that you're dealing with or situations or issues whatever you you have that you feel like you need to change within yourself that's causing a behavior that doesn't make you happy or or hurts you in any way you can you can fix it it doesn't really matter how bad it is it's just a decision and uh, just utilize these steps and you'll be all set to go so wow We have come to the end of our series on boundaries. Can you believe it? And what a series it was. I have to say that was a good experience. I learned a ton. I'll be honest here. I I learned a ton. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. It's
1: always good to review, look at, ask and contemplate and really be present to where is it that I can use some work on
0: these? It is. That's the beauty of a podcast. You can just go back and listen to these episodes over and over and hone in on whatever it is that you're trying to to fix whether it's your kids or yourself or you know boundaries uh, with with whatever's going on Uh, it's all here so uh, once again uh, thank you so much we hope you guys learned as much as we did and uh, right now we have no idea what the next episode is going to be on (laughs) do we (laughs) but uh, by the time it comes out we will know that's one thing you can always count on with us so we look forward to uh, seeing you guys in the next episode in the meantime keep the faith and keep your stick in the ice cheers
1: Thank you for
0: listening to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Prime, iHeartRadio and wherever fine podcasts are sold.